0: Be ready, and we're thankful for you. Thankful for you. God is so good. I appreciate all you guys' patience. Last week, I shared with you a few of the bloopers that we had during our live streams. Um, you know, one of the other ones that I didn't mention is, how many of you have ever watched a, a, a kung fu movie like Bruce Lee? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a kung fu movie. You know... We're, work, we're working on getting the, the mouth lined up with the sound. I feel like I'm a, you know, praise God. It's good to be here. And you were getting it together. I'm so thankful for all of our teams we have truly blessed with ushers, greeters, security, parking lot team. Aren't they doing a great job? But there's a team that I want to to really, really congratulate, and that's our media and sound team, because they have had such a, a challenge, and we are so thankful for you guys. I mean, people don't know the behind-the-scenes struggle that we're trying to have we've had internet issues we've had you know uh, program issues we we but I'm so thankful that they're I mean look they put in hours that nobody knows they're they're stopping in here during the middle of the week working on programming trying to get everything together um, we even this morning I come in and caught people in their pajamas trying to work on these lights to get some lights in here I'm not saying names I'm just saying <laughs> But but they got here at six twenty this morning just to see if we could have some lights in here because all the lights up here except for one has been working and so we've got a few extra lights and now I'm seeing spots. <laughs> I looked up in that thing. <laughs> if I fall off, somebody catch me. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm so thankful for all of all of you guys and what you're doing. You guys mean a great deal to. Uh, The atmosphere and the worship setting and sound. Thank you guys so much. I know I'm going overboard on that, but I really do thank you. Because you guys get criticized probably more than you get thanked. But you're doing a great job. Love you. (laughs) Amen. That's all right. Well deserved. Well deserved. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading in Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. How many have ever heard the term shake it off? I'm not talking about the Taylor Swift song. (laughs) It goes something like Player's gonna play, play, play. Hater's gonna hate, hate, hate. Shaker's gonna shake, shake, shake. Shake it off, shake it off, right? It's funny because as, you know, this this message uh, came to my heart and I was preparing, and this morning I I hadn't even thought about that song, and this, this morning on my way to church I said, I think there was a song written <laughs> like that. So, I, so I, I said, hey, Siri, play Shake It Off. And I was thinking, you know, something a little different, you know. <laughs> and here comes Taylor Swift on my phone. Players gonna play, 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 shake I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> so riding down the road, I'm just shaking it off. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway, I know me myself as a little kid growing up playing in the playground and you know, I was one of those kids that was the daredevil. Man, I wanted to swing that baby as high as I could get it. And then when I got it as high as I could get it, I wanted to launch myself like an astronaut through the air, you know? And and I remember a few times, man, I would launch, boy, and I'd be like, "Oh god, oh god, oh god," you know? And I hit the ground and and like, uh, you know, I'm over there half breathing, you know. And mama's going, Boy, get up, shake it off. You know, <laughs> way life goes. You know, when you're the seventh kid, nothing matters anymore. You know what I'm saying? I was the poor, deprived child that nobody cared for. You know, I mean, you know, and when you're seven years younger than the next one older than you, it really doesn't matter anymore. It's like, oh God, we got another one. <laughs> you know, I was the kid eating dirt, and Mama saying, "Have your fill, baby. It's less food I have to make at home." Okay. <laughs> but you know what, I've got an immune system of steel, man God was preparing me for the mission field Because I could eat anything and it never would bother me Because I ate a much a much dirt and stuff in my life Oh well <laughs> I remember playing baseball, you know I, I crushed my hand when I was about three and a half years old and, and really was a little bit, you know Unable to play a lot of sports because of my hand And I was trying out baseball. And I actually got pretty good where I can hit pretty good. But when I went to catch, oh, my Lord. Uh, evidently, I would catch wrong because I'd catch right in the palm, dude. And I'd sit there and cry, you know. Oh but I remember one time I got up, and I was ready to bat. Kathy, it's almost like that look you gave me the other day. She's a sweetheart. But, but I, was right, I was up there ready to bat. And how many know that Major League Baseball players... Are not always accurate, right? You can imagine a thirteen-year-old with a major league arm, okay? <laughs> and so I'm here, and I'm I'm ready to just, I'm ready to blast this ball, and that ball he he reared up, swung, hit me right in the arm, dude. I wanted to roll, but matter what I really wanted to do, Aaron, I want to get up and just go over and you know. But what welled up in me was the tear to draw down the eye, and I don't want to let anybody see it, you know. And, and 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 I'm over there stunned, and I'm mad, you know, you know. You might not think of me as a uh, you know high-tempered kid, but boy, I, I had a temper. I mean, um, my red-headed roots showed up, you know what I'm saying? And I was ready to boom, you know. And, and and this thundering voice from the from the pit over to the side says, "Boy, shake it off," you know. And so got my head back in the game. But you know that's the way life is, isn't it? I mean, how many times? We face trials and we get irritated, and, and it just seems like life just hits us so hard. We, we either show up with our head not in the game, or we show up, and though we're talented, it's like we left all of our talent at home, and, and just everything seems to hit, and all of a sudden, just somebody shake it off. Riley, you know what I'm talking about, right? Shake it off. Everyday living, sometimes we get hit. Sometimes we just have things that cause us to lose our concentration. And we need this gentle nudge to to help us to get back on track, to help our eyes get focused. Then sometimes you show up and, and you're not really there. And all of a sudden, somebody needs to just yell out. Somebody needs to shake us. Somebody needs to say, get focused. Shake it off, right? Acts chapter 28. Starting with verse four and one says, "And when they had been brought safely through, then we found out that the island was called Malta. The natives showed us extraordinary kindness. For, for because of the rain that had set in, and because of the cold, they kindled a fire and received us all. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a, a viper came out, and because of the heat, and fastened itself on his hand." When the natives saw the the creature hanging from his hands, they began saying to one another, Undoubtedly, this man is a murderer, and though he has been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Verse 5. However, he shook the creature off. Somebody say, shake it off. Shake it off. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. Verse 6. But, wh- but they were expecting that that he was about to swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they had waited a long time and and seen nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and began to say that he was a god. Now, verse 7. Now, in the neighborhood of that place where uh, where lands belonged to the leading man of the island named Populus, who welcomed us, which means the word populus actually means popular. In other words, he was the magistrate. He was a popular guy who welcomed us and entertained us courteously three days. And it happened that the father of was lying in bed, afflicted with recurrent fever and dysentery. And Paul went in to see him, and after he had prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. After, after this had happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him, getting cured. They also honored us with many marks of respect. And when we were setting sail, they supplied us with all we need. Father, I pray this morning that as we read your word and we see this miraculous moment, God, that we would that we would also be encouraged to follow suit, that we would learn to shake it off, that we would learn the purposes of the struggles that we face and how to respond appropriately, to be able to to touch those around us and lead by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit and not based on our feelings and emotions. God, help us to walk by faith and not by sight, to walk in your spirit and not by the flesh. God, give us wisdom and direction in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when I see this, you know, first of all, we're we're in the book of Acts. This is the last chapter of the book of Acts. This is is the, the story of the spread of the gospel. It's the story of the early church and how... You know, the gospel spread throughout the world. I mean, this is a a powerful moment. This is uh, Paul's, you know, already been on three recorded missionary journeys where he's touched many lives and and many people have, have, have been saved. And yet here, Paul still has this passion. He still has this desire to see the lost in Israel come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He wants them to have a true relationship with Father God through the only begotten Son of God. So Paul was compelled by the Spirit to go To Jerusalem. We find that in in Acts chapter 20 where he was led by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. But at the same time, even though he was called to go, the Spirit also warned him that he would would face prison, that he would face hardships as he went to uh, Jerusalem. However, we understand in Acts chapter 20 verse 24, it says, I consider my life worth nothing. In other words, Paul says, look, even though I understand that I'm going to face these things, I consider my life worth nothing to me you got you hear that. I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the gospel of god's grace. Wow, what a powerful word from the lips of the apostle Paul from this point on, we see the apostle paul uh he 's facing. Um, jail time, he's been beaten, he's been transferred from one prison to the next, he stands on trial, testifying in front of all different types of people, and in the end, uh, you know, he's, been, he's basically been acquitted, but the Jewish people didn't want him to be acquitted, so he appeals to Caesar, and now is being transferred uh, to Rome. On, but on this journey, we, here we are in Acts chapter 27, on this journey, they run into a voracious uh, storm. Now, this is not some, you know, uh, afternoon dust-up. This is, this is almost as if it's a hurricane-force storm. And, and, and this is not just for an hour-long moment. This is for a repeated uh, amount of time because, literally, they were uh, scared for their lives. The Bible says that they actually begin to throw things overboard. You know, when you, start, when you start throwing your personal items over, you're scared, Right? So they they started throwing the, the, the ship's tackle over. And this I'm not talking about your old little John boat, you know. I'm talking about a boat where two hundred and seventy-six people were on board. They were throwing food over. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, I'm uh, you start throwing food over, it's getting serious. <laughs> Some of y'all in quarantine know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> we might jump out with the with the food, right? Somebody somebody told us, texted me yesterday and said, Pastor, do you mind if I wear my pajamas to church? Because none of my clothes fit anymore. (laughs) I'd agree with that moment statement. I I, I think I've notched another hole in the belt, you know, so it fit these days. I mean, but it was serious. I mean, literally they had thrown ropes around the outside of the boat and tied them just to hold the ship together. This was scary. It was a, a terrible moment, and, and, and they had lost hope. They, would, they were really literally thinking that this is the moment that we're going to die. This is the moment that it's over with, and yet in the midst of this moment, in the midst of this craziness, the angel of the Lord appears to the apostle Paul and speaks to him and says, I will get you to Rome. This is, that's, the, that's the PD version, you know, PDV, Paul Dyer version, I will get you to Rome, and and. And so, therefore, not one person will face death. And so, immediately, they hit a sandbar. Does that sound like, does that sound like God saving? I mean, we, we expect, you know, God, God when God says, it's going to be all right, I've got you, you don't expect to have a crash, right? You expect that God's got this. My ship's going to arrive at some dock, and I'm going to get off. And We're going to be at, at some Hawaiian beach. We're going to you know, have our little uh, you know, uh, umbrellas up to guard us from the sun. We're going to have our nice little drink. It's going to be all pretty. It's going to be beautiful. God's got this. Well, it didn't happen that way. God did have them. But they ran to a sandbar, and the ship broke into pieces and they swam to shore. Sometimes I think we, we get to this place where everybody we hear everybody say, well, God's got this, and, and, and yet we're still having to face some sandbars. God's got this, and, and yet we want everything to look so beautiful and hunky-dory and things are supposed to be so pretty. God's got this! And then the reality is, is that even though God's got this, it's not always pretty. Come on. Because... When we're walking in Christ Jesus, not everything's going to be hunky-dory. Not everything's going to be pretty. Jesus said that they hated me, and if they hated me, guess what? They're going to hate you. No one's greater than his master. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be nice and fluffy, and everything's just going to be so happy. Right? Right? We want it to be, but it's not. It's not going to be that way. So here they were, they were floating on wreckage to get to the shores, some swimming, some floating, some grabbing a hold of whatever they could to make it. And, 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 you know, look at this. I mean, this is, this is a man of God. This is God's uh, anointed man who has, who has reached thousands and thousands of people for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. You know, and, and here he is. He's floating or swimming to shore because he's been in a wreck. Come on. Paul may have felt like his fighting days were over. Paul may have felt like, you know, uh, he was at the end of his journey. But here in the midst of the storm, in the midst of this wreck, his greatest moment of impacting society was just ahead of him. He was about to touch a nation and didn't even realize what was happening. So many times we abandon ship before we ever get to the place God wants us to get. Somebody needs to hear that. We're in the midst of a storm where it's, it's not, it don't feel good. How many know that too many people walk by feelings? It just don't feel good. Look, if, if it was all about feelings, Kim would have left me a long time ago. <laughs> She's shaking her head. If it was about looks, we'd have left a long time ago before then. <laughs> thank God, thank God love is blind, Right? <laughs> I'm not talking about you, baby. You're like 18 years old. you like amazing. I'm talking about the baldness and the wrinkles on my... I'm getting too deep. Right along, people's moving on. <laughs> but too many times we abandon ship too soon. We, we're walking only by sight. We're only looking at the, the, the exterior of things, and we're too busy uh, looking at what the circumstances is. And if we're looking at the circumstances, yes, there's a broken up ship. Yes, I mean, they've hit a sandbar. Yes, they're literally in the water because life is about to end for them. And it's too and too t- too many times we're at that place in life and we're just saying, I'm going to give up. This is too hard. Why do I have to do this? And, and, and too many times we want to give up. And the, the fact is, is that Jesus is the anchor of our soul. And we got to realize that the anchor holds. Amen? What's the old song? The anchor holds. When the ship is tattered, the anchor holds. When the sails are torn, I have fallen on my knees. When I face the raging sea, the anchor holds. In spite of the storm. I want y'all to know something. The anchor holds. Amen? He's got us. He holds to us. He strengthens us. It might seem like it's overwhelming. It might seem like it's we can't handle it. But Jesus is right there with us. You know, the thing is, is that what's unique is that when they landed onto the shore, there was a group of natives that met them there. Now, the, the word that's used is barbarians, right? you imagine a bunch of barbarians coming out? Uh, Ken, Ken uh, is not here this morning, or not in this service, but I told him Morris morning, I said, it's kind of like Ken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got to, because barbarian literally means bearded one. You know, I mean, you might fit that bill, Michael, barbarian. <laughs> but, you know, too many times we we're looking for the right people to come and help us. Come on. We're looking, well, you know, Lord, I'm in the midst of a trial. I'm struggling, and, and we're waiting for, this, for the righteous and the godly to come and save us. And reality is, is God might send a barbarian. God might send somebody that's different from you, look, that looks different from you, that talks different from you. They might show up, and God's saying, this is your moment to touch their life. I mean, the reality is, is I've, heard, I've heard some people say, it's, it's easier to go get help from the bar than it is the church. Because I can go into a bar and they're not going to judge me for what I look like, way I act like, or how I talk. They're just going to say, hey man, how can I help you, buddy? They might be three sheets to the wind, but hey, guess what? they going to help. Matter of fact, you get them three sheets to the wind, you got to get more money. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Lord, help this boy this morning. But the fact is, is that people come to the church. Now, I'm thankful that we are a phenomenal church that has a great heart for service, that we touch so many people. I'm so thankful for the outreach ministries that we have and that we're not afraid to touch real people in life, that we're really, really willing to reach out and expand our arms to embrace people that may look, act, smell, uh, talk different than us. But the fact is, is there's so many religious groups that somebody comes in needing a touch from Jesus and, and it's like the church is so religious and so righteous that they feel too high to, touch, to reach down and touch them and God's called us to be a servant. God's called us to reach the lost. He's called us to touch those who are broken. He's touched, to touch those who are different and, and we've got to be willing to reach out and touch those people, Amen. And what happened is, is when they got to the when they got off the boat and those who met them there, uh, they they made a big fire for them because can you imagine how many of you have ever had a bonfire, right? I don't know. If, I, I love getting those old pallets. You know what I'm saying? Them things burn, boy. You get you a bunch of pallets together and you put together a fire. You think you got a big fire, right? Because you got twenty, thirty people around and you're having you're you're standing back cooking marshmallows with your ten foot pole because it's so hot, you know. And you bring it back and you're just blowing it off. You know, big fire, right? Can you imagine a fire that two hundred and seventy-six people have to get around? This is a big old fire, right? And, and and so here's the Apostle Paul. I mean, Apostle Paul understood something. He he understood the fact that he could have sat there. I mean, he was cold. He was wet, uh, and he's and he's sitting there. You know, uh, he's just swam to shore. He's probably tired. These people have greeted him. He could have sat there and enjoyed the hospitality of those around him. But instead of enjoying the hospitality, he gets up and he he goes and picks up sticks. Guess what, guys? We're never too good to go and pick up some sticks. Amen? I mean, the reality is, is that we want to enjoy the fire, and those who enjoy the fire also must be the ones who help fuel the fire. Amen? Too many times we're looking for the praise team to pump us up. Oh, geez, you about to preach now. Too many times we're waiting for the praise team to pump us up, to get us ready. But how about coming with some fire so that we are ready to worship God? How about coming in fired up because we've been on fire for Jesus the whole week? Amen? Because those who want to benefit from the fire also need to be the ones who carry the fuel for the fire. Amen? Amen. So, sitting around the fire, a serpent comes out. And attaches to him. We, we have to realize that this is, a, this is a poisonous serpent. This is not your everyday garden snake that's crawled at the back of your garage to get all the rats out of your barn.? Right? This, is, this is a poisonous snake because the expectation of the people who saw him get bit were looking for him to die and not just die in a day or two. they were looking for him to immediately swell up and die it it must have been a a very poisonous viper and i want us to understand there's a couple ways that we can look at this we can look at this as the the fact that this that when we get close to the fire the enemy wants to attack us right and or we can look at this as this is god's way of of promoting us for his purpose i mean if if we look at that as 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 the enemy attacking us i mean you're in the fire, you're beside the fire. How many you know when you get on fire for Jesus, the enemy doesn't like it? Right? When you get, when you get it on fire, it's like uh, you go out, you have this great service, everything's awesome. You've done shouted, you've danced, you've, you've swung from the chandeliers, you know, whatever, you, you know, the old-time way. Right? You've walked on the backs of the pews, you've had your hair bobs popped out. You know, you're just all excited for Jesus. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Oh, good old-fashioned holiness churches, amen? Boy, what we've missed, amen? But but in the midst of that, we have these awesome services, and we go out the door, and automatically, we receive a phone call. Automatically, we're hit with some kind of situation, and bam, the enemy wants to rob us of the very blessing that we received. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, And so... The, the fact is, is that the enemy doesn't like it. He he wants to latch onto us. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal our hope. He wants to take away our blessing. But I'm here to tell you, you can't walk in fear. You can't walk in panic mode. I mean, the fact is, is that when that thing latched onto him, he could have panicked, said, "Oh my God, I'm going to die! I'm going to die!" But the reality is, he shook it off. Too many times. We get attacked by the enemy, and we're we're calling everybody but God. Amen? We're, we're letting everything affect us. We're panicking, thinking of, we're Googling, Oh, God, what's going to happen to me if this happens? And we're Googling everything instead of going to God saying, God, you're the Father of all. You're sovereign. You know all things. I trust you. If this is meant to happen for your glory, for your good, I surrender to you. Amen. Amen. Paul understood. I mean, I mean, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 16, 17, 18 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. Come on. How many times are we grasping and hold to understand that we are the children of God? We're the people of God. And if we are the people of God, then we should walk As the people of God, we should walk under the anointing of God. We should walk under the authority of God. We should walk under the power of God. And these things will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. In my name, they will speak in new tongues. In my name, they will pick up snakes, and they will not. And with their hands, and they will drink deadly poisons, and it will not hurt them. In my name, they will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well in Jesus' name. We need to start walking under the authority and the anointing and the power of God knowing that we are the vessels of God. Amen? You're not walking in your own power. You're not walking in your own anointing. You're not walking in your own plan. You are surrendered to Jesus Christ. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 2 and 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is not me who lives. Paul said it this way. He said, I consider myself dead to sin and alive in God through Christ Jesus. I'm empowered by him and not myself. There are things that are going to latch on to you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? There are things that are going to latch on to you. There are things that are going to hit you in your journey through life. But how are we going to respond? How are we going to walk? How are we going to act? You can cry out and say, I'm not going to make it life so horrible. I can't believe it. How many times do people blame other people for their mess? They sit at home and sulk and and talk about everybody who didn't call them or everybody who didn't, you know, didn't acknowledge that they were in their trials and struggles. And the fact is is that it becomes so selfish because it's only thinking about themselves. You know how you cure that? You serve others. Because when you become a servant of others, the Lord begins to serve you. Amen? I mean, we can sit there and sulk and all of that, and, and, and we, can, we can deal with the pressure and prayer, or we can just say, you know what? I'm not going to make it, thank God. Come on, right? I mean... Thank God I'm at the end of my rope. Thank God that that I see life differently. Thank God that I have a different worldview. Thank God because I know that at the end of my rope, Jesus is going to cast the net of grace, and I'm trusting in him. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you've got to shake it off, right? Shake it off. Sometimes God just does things differently. Right? I mean, the Apostle Paul, he may have done a few good things while he was on the island, but that moment, when that snake attached to him, his status went from zero to the highest person on the island. I mean, if he would have panicked, what would have happened? If he would have panicked, no one would have had faith in who he was and what he had become or what he was doing. I mean, sometimes God places us in positions that we don't understand, we don't like. There's the the cussing like a sailor person that we have to work beside, and we're, they're driving us crazy, we want to smack them. We're saying, God, why would you put me here, right? I mean, there's there's positions that we we're put in, and we're... We're feeling like God's punishing us. And it just might be God's looking for how you will respond in the midst of your journey because it just might be the cussing like a sailor neighbor that's beside you might be the evangelist that God's calling and he's needing you to be the witness that changes their life. But we're too busy worried about ourselves. Oh God, I just hate it. It's hurting my ears. My ears are bleeding from all the stuff, God. I'm not saying you got to enjoy it. You think Paul enjoyed being shipwrecked? You think Paul enjoyed the fact that he had to swim to shore? You think Paul enjoyed having to carry some sticks to the fire? You think it was happy? Too too busy. We're too busy wanting to make life about some fairy tale world. It's got to be happy, it's got to be joyous. It's not all happy. But how you respond could just be the peace. Of the puzzle that transforms a community, that transforms a neighbor, that transforms a coworker, that transforms your spouse—they've been looking. I mean, you. Mm. There's so many people that I hear bashing church. And I'm not. I'm not. Talk, I'm not. I'm preaching. I'm not preaching to you guys. Y'all don't do this. But there's so many people who go home and they want, they'll tell me, oh, I want my husband to be saved, I want my, my children to be saved. They go home and they bash everything about the church. That church, they didn't put lights in there and I don't like it. They didn't sing in that new music and it's just not, it wasn't what I was raised on. I'm just not sure if I even like it anymore. And they expect to draw their spouse or child to church and all they do is bad mouth and complain about everything Because they've made it about themselves instead of understanding that we don't come here for our own comfort. We don't come here to pat ourselves on the back. We don't come here to lift ourselves up. We come here to lift up the name of Jesus. And if we lift up the name of Jesus, He will lift us up. It's not about us. It's about Him. Everything we do, we do for the glory and honor of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. But because... Because of the way he responded, God used that moment to bring him to a new position and authority in that island. Guess what? He was brought to the leader of the whole island because of his response. And because of that response, if you look in history and look at the nation of Malta, they were were attacked by the Turks to be overtaken by a Muslim group. And they, they took a stand for Christ Jesus. This was a thousand years later. Why? Because something was planted in that island on that trip. Even though it was a shipwreck, God transformed Malta into a a haven of Christianity, and God moved in a powerful way. You don't know who you're going to touch. We don't know. I mean, look, the world's going to respond differently. We have a car accident. And the coworkers laughing at us, yeah. You know, God's taking care of you, isn't he? House burns down. Oh, look at there. Where's your God now, right? Family members in the hospital, where's God now? They jeer at us. They make fun. Because they're looking to see how you respond. They're looking to see do you really trust it? Do you really believe this? Do you believe the words you're, that you're saying? Are you walking what you're talking? Is this real? And, and sadly, as we 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 think in our world, because there's a few little uh, fringe things going on now that's really trying to bring pressure on Christianity. We think we're persecuted. We don't even know what persecution is. I mean, if you're living if you're living in the Middle East and you're a Christian. And they come in and they grab you and they, and they drag you through the, through the dirt. And they throw you down on the ground and say, confess Jesus. And they're ready, to, they're ready to cut your head off because you believe in Jesus Christ. You think you've been persecuted? I mean, you look at in China where they're literally having to meet in underground churches because of the government oppression against the body of Christ. We think we've been persecuted? And yet, here we are, every little... I mean, we're more worried about the color of carpet these days. I mean, I know I'm not talking about you guys, but we're more worried about the color of carpet. We're more worried about the little things that that make us feel good instead of really understanding there's a whole world out there that's looking for somebody who will say... Jesus is real, and I can tell you he's real because he changed my life. I was once an alcoholic. I was once a drug addict. I was once this, but Jesus changed my life. Then the same Jesus who changed my life can change your life. That's what people are looking for. You better get up here and play stuff or I I might take us past lunchtime. thing is, is that for three months, they were stuck on that island. I say stuck. They were ordained to be on that island for three months. Paul went into that magistrate's house, touched that father, changed his life, and people started coming. The The magistrate's house became the church for the whole island. We don't know who we're going to touch Bible says it this way, it says that people all over the island, every person who was sick came to the magistrate's house and laid hands, they were healed. God's looking for some people who's willing to lay some hands, who's willing to touch the sick and say, be healed in Jesus' name. God's looking for that kind of people. When I lived in Honduras, Honduras, though it's the mission field, became the mission center. And as a, as a, a missionary agent in, in Honduras, the Church of God has over 1,300 churches just in a country the size of Kentucky. It's the largest denomination of all of Honduras. There's more social work, hospitals, clinics, schools out of the church of God than any other organization. So we begin to disciple people to go out. The largest church of God runs 10,000. There's two other church of Gods that run over 5,000. There's like six that run over 2,000. God's moved in a powerful way. But we sent two young ladies to Morocco. Morocco is a, is a Muslim nation. We sent them because... You and I may not be able to go because of the color of our skin and the clarity of us. But they can go under the cover and guise of of just a native because of the look that they are so similar. And these two ladies went to Morocco and they started a school. Come on. And this little school, they they were reaching out to the neighborhoods and they would bring them in so they were teaching them. And, And so the mother's would sit on the back, and they'd have their their burkers or whatever on. And and so at the end of every day, they would spend 30 minutes telling the story of Jesus. At first, they were like, you know, are we going to die tonight? You know? So there was a little bit of wind in the community that somebody wanted to attack them because of that. So for two days... During that week, they didn't tell the story of Jesus. And four mothers came to them after those two days and said, are you not going to talk about Jesus today? We want to know more. So they said, so be it. If God be for us, who can be against us? And so they began to teach more. The magistrate, I don't know the official name, but the magistrate of the city, of the community, heard about them, and his mother was sick in bed, and he went to these ladies and said, I hear that, that you believe in a God who can heal. I want you to come to my house. They went to that magistrate's house, and they walked in, and they laid hands on that mother, and God miraculously healed her, amen, and from that day forward, that magistrate said, you don't have to worry about sharing the name of Jesus in this community anymore, so they moved from a school to a church. And God blessed them. You've heard, if you've been in the Church of God long enough, you've heard of establishing a firewall throughout Africa. Well, Honduras was the first plant in Morocco to start the first pillar of the firewall of the Church of God who has stretched all across Africa into Muslim nations. God used them. Two young ladies. Look, I don't know what storms you're going to face. I don't know what trials you're going to have to go through, but I'm telling you, don't walk in fear. If something hits you, shake it off. If something smacks you in the face and it's ugly and it don't feel good, turn your eyes to Jesus and shake it off because you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's being transformed because of the way you're the way you handle the situations you're in. God could be raising up a new generation of people because the glory of God is evident and imminent in your life. Let God lead you. Let God direct you. Shake it off. Father, Father, today, I don't know who's been bombarded by Life. I don't know who's under pressure because of the burdens of this world. I don't know who's been affected by a co worker, a family worker, or a friend. They feel beat up, broken. And Lord, it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to blame others. But today I pray. As the old song says, turn your eyes. Unto Jesus, look forth in his wonderful face and the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. God, let us look to you in this moment. God, let us be transformed by the power and anointing that you have placed in us. God, make us whole. Make us transformed by your presence. In Jesus' name. This morning.